What's up, everyone? Welcome to my Uber for Life premiere episode. I am Robert Field, also known as Shoeless Jew. Um, I want to welcome everyone here. I hope everyone's being safe. I hope everyone's online. I'm here to share some of my Uber for Life stories and a little fun during this time of the coronavirus. Um, again, I hope everyone is doing really well. Uh, just an update on what an Uber driver would be doing now during the time of the coronavirus. Well, one, he's still drinking his coffee from 7-Eleven because honestly, I just can't kill the addiction. Mm. Two, there are very few rides out there, so it means that I have to file for unemployment. Just to let you know, a little unemployment update for you. Um, I am still in the process of receiving information that says that my benefit is zero. I am getting zero. So obviously I was told that I would have to go through this process and need to do this and reapply. So I reapplied. I was supposed to find out an answer on Thursday. I still haven't found out an answer. I tried to reapply again, wondering if there was a glitch in the system for which I got this. I cannot continue to file for unemployment insurance because apparently my application is still in process or I may have an existing claim. So just to let you know, I am still in the unemployment process and haven't been paid out. And I'm sure a lot of gig workers haven't been as well. So what does an unemployed Uber driver do during this period in time? Well, what I do is... I deliver alcohol, that's right, I deliver alcohol. And the one thing that I realized all my neighbors and all this time in delivering alcohol is you guys are a bunch of closet drunks. No, seriously, you guys tip more for me to deliver you alcohol to your home than you ever tip me bringing you home drunk from a bar. Um, maybe because you spent all your money at the bar, I don't know. But I realized that as driveling alcohol to all of my lovely friends and neighbors, that I'm actually saving humanity. I am helping you shelter in place by bringing you these things. And not only am I helping you shelter in place, but I'm bringing worlds together. You see, I understand that alcohol is essential. I was fortunate enough to be able to bring alcohol to my ex-wife for which she so nicely tipped me. So this only shows everyone that two people can certainly get along during the time of this virus. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that update because that's really what we're doing. Now, before I, the coronavirus, I was going on stage and I was telling crazy Uber stories and fun Uber stories about what it was like to be an Uber driver. So I wanna share one of those stories with you for today before we bring on our guests for today. So the story I'm gonna share with you um, is one July 4th, I went to pick up a man, I uh, just wanna let you know, he was a graying old man, just like me, uh, drunk out of a bar at about 2.30 in the morning. He stumbled in and he got into the front seat of my car. I wanna let everyone know that if there is nobody in the back seat and you call an Uber driver and you get into the front seat of the car, I instantly know that you are crazy. 
So I already know that this drunk guy's crazy. He's sitting in the front of the car. He's probably about 65 years old, maybe. Um, smashed in nose, really hammered. Gets in, he goes, I want to let you know that I don't want to go straight home. I'm like, that's all fine. I don't have to go straight home. What do you want to do? He's like, I want to go find me a woman. Now, of course, I don't care if I want to find him a woman or not. It really doesn't matter to me, to be honest with you. He's paying for the fare. He's like, don't worry about it. I have cash. I want to let you know, I still haven't figured out what that meant. I didn't know if he was going to pay for the woman in cash. I didn't know if he was going to give me cash or close my eyes. I have no idea. I just know that we have cash. We went on a series of lefts and rights through towns that I have no idea where I'm going. We never found the woman. So then he has this great idea. He goes, dude, let's go to a gentleman's club. So we put into the GPS, I drive to the gentleman's club and I wanna let you know what we found at the gentleman's club. An empty parking lot, it was closed. So now he's not finding a woman on the street. He's not finding a woman at the gentleman's club. He's not finding a woman at all. So I asked myself, self, what should I do? I said, dude, where do you want to go now? He's like, I have no idea. What do you think? I said, I don't know. Maybe you might want to go home. Now, I want to let you know that he looks me straight in the eye and he says, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to go home? I don't know, because it's the address you put in your Uber and everyone else seems to be home. So why don't you go home? I want to let you know that this story ends up, I dropped him off at a diner. I dropped him off at the diner. He actually offered to buy me breakfast. I said, no, that's okay. It quickly made me realize after I dropped him off at this diner that he really only needed a friend. Unfortunately, I was not in the business to be his friend that night. And that is my Uber story for tonight. Now, what I would like to do is I would like to bring in our first guest. Our first guest for this evening is actually a true person that I would like to be friends with. Um, the day that I got this ride, all it said is I was picking up Harding in Summit. Now, if anyone of you guys know Summit, New Jersey, I want to let you know that the name Harding actually fits pretty well with Summit. Like I almost, I was excited to see what a Harding looked like in Summit. Now, I want to let you know that this is what Harding looked like in Summit. So I, everyone, with a nice big round of applause, would like to bring on Mr. Harding Brumby into the call to tell us our story. Wow, and now Harding is joining. Hey, Harding, what's going on, dude? Hey. How are you? Good, how about you? I'm doing really well, long time no see. How you doing? Nice jersey you have there. Oh, yeah, I figured I'd put on something, uh, you know, something spike ball related, right? Exactly, you should. Now, here's the great story about Harding. Um, Harding, can you just introduce yourself a little bit before we get into the story of how I actually met you and we connected on this and a little bit about yourself and what you do? Sure, yeah, so my name's Harding Brumby. I live in Savannah, Georgia, and 
One of my main pastimes is a sport uh, called round net, which is popularly known as spike ball after the kind of major equipment maker for it. But uh, I've been into the sport for several years, playing tournaments all over the country and these days all over the world. Um, and through that, I was in New Jersey and, uh, and Robert happened to be my Uber driver going to the airport, I think the Sunday after a, after a tournament up there. And we figured out that we had a, a connection to somebody I knew, also he knew, who was a spike ball player as well, which was kind of cool to, to find that out as we, as we talked. So this was the very interesting part of the story. So I picked up Harding and Harding gets in the car and, you know, Harding, I just talked about people getting in the front seat being crazy. Harding actually did sit in the front seat, but he's not one of the crazy ones. <laughs> and he asked me if I had ever heard of spike ball. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, as a 51-year-old dude, why would I know spike ball? I've never played it. But the reality is, is I do know spike ball. And the reason why I know spike ball is because my nephew, Ryan, plays spike ball. I knew that he played spike ball. And so I mentioned Ryan to Harding. I said, yeah, I know spike ball. You know, he goes to Mercer. It's my nephew. And Harding's response to me was. Like tall, lanky, left-handed dude. <laughs> and I was like, you are absolutely correct. So wouldn't you know it that I picked up Harding in Summit, New Jersey to bring him to the airport. And he not only knew my nephew, but texted my nephew while we were in the car and I did the same thing. It was like probably the most ultimate small world experience, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy, but cool for sure. All right. Although, the, the, the same weekend, if I got told you, I was, wait, I was waiting at the Newark airport, a couple of like teenage kids saw me like with spike ball stuff on or maybe bouncing the ball around. Uh, and they, they came up to me and they're like, hey, do you happen to know Harding Brumby? <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. And I forgot even how I responded. I probably just busted out laughing. I don't even know how to respond to them, but I was just kind of like, in a word, yes. Oh, you didn't give so, them your autograph? I would have so been like, yeah, and like signed Harding Brumby on a spike ball. and It, it was a little wild because I don't normally have experiences like that, but it was definitely kind of <laughs> kind of fun. And especially to like run into you later the same weekend was, uh, yeah, it's just interesting to have a couple of those. <laughs> well, with social distancing, spike ball might become the game. It's the only game that you really have to stand apart from each other, right? Yeah, I think, like, honestly, some people have very – some people are staying completely away from it. Some people have never stopped playing and kept playing regularly. So I'd say there there is a range, you know. Uh, so I think I've mostly just been practicing on my own. But, yeah, people are kind of starting to talk about getting back together as long as, you know, they're not completely on top of each other and it's kind of comfort level if you wear masks or any that kind of stuff. So, so yes, right. it is a sport where you can play and still be, you know, a, a – couple steps or so away from from other people so right and you don't have to worry about the tons of fans just yet you know maybe in a couple of years but you know a couple more espn shows right some of, some of the bigger like you know if you see some video from national champions and stuff there'll be a decent crowd but yes we don't exactly have fifty thousand fans for the big matches and stuff at least not yet all right so harding just one last question i'll and, I, and i'll let you go um 
Are you still playing? Where is Spikeball oh. today? How can people, if they yeah. want to get into Spikeball, how can I, they do that? Okay, yeah, so, so, so I am still playing today. Um, been tournaments pretty regularly, at least until the quarantine stuff hit. Uh, if you go on, what's the use of usaspikeball.com? Um, I think you just go on spikeball.com has a tournament site. Technically it's tournament.spikeball.com or find it on the, there's a Spikeball app for iOS or Android. You can find tournaments and pickup games there. So and, do they have, and do they have an over 50 section for people like me? You know, there will be a senior <laughs> division that we've already tried to have a senior division at tournaments and there's plenty of 50 something guys who play. We're pretty good. So I would say absolutely get to it. Oh, and the other part of that that I wanted to mention to you, which you might know already, is just this January. I actually didn't even know if he still played much, but I ran into Ryan at a tournament here in Savannah, you know, and greeted him. We chatted a little bit, and then he actually asked me if I wanted to play a tournament with him um, in Macon, you know, at Mercer in it was, uh, late February or March. So we actually teamed up and uh, played in the tournament together. Well, I guess he's healed from his – he's probably on right now, but I guess he's healed from his surgery, right? Yeah, you know, well, you know, he, we, we had a great time, played pretty well. And especially like, you know, I will say like as a, as a lefty, you know, a big weapon to have that hand. And, you know, I think with the surgery, he isn't like, he definitely isn't able to use his left hand right now like he did, but he's kind of learned to play very well as mostly a righty and use his touch game and kind of find other ways to win other than blasting it past people with his left. So it was a cool experience to play with him. We got some good wins and we're real competitive against the team that ended up winning the tournament. So I was, it was real fun to see him, him back out there competing hard and us just having a, having a blast that day and making. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Harding, thank you very much. I'm glad you're safe. It's good to catch up. Um, I appreciate Absolutely. you being on the premiere show and uh, Harding is in Georgia. So things are a little bit more open up for you than they are for me right now. <laughs> a, little, a little bit, a little bit, yep. Although okay. I'm about to head overseas for two or three months. So just when we're opening up, I'm I'm going out of the country, and then I'll have another good, another quarantine to look forward to. Oh, man. Well, hopefully, dude. I'll, hopefully I'll get in a couple days of spiking uh, before I do that. Well, so. dude, be safe. I appreciate it. I, I welcome sure. this, and uh, I'll speak to you soon, dude. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Have a good night. Well, thank All right, you. See all right, so that was Harding Brumby. I hope you all enjoyed one of my fantastic We Are a Small World type of visits. Yes, it was unbelievable that he knew my nephew, that I even knew Spikeball. It was amazing. Um, for the next segment of the show, um, it is a segment that I am bringing on called What Would the Uber Driver Do? So this is a segment where I ask a fellow friend and comic some questions on what an Uber driver does, and they're going to answer those questions. So the person that I have for the show tonight, um, her name is Michelle Trena. She is a comic. I also want to share a little bit about Michelle. She has something called the Proxbox Players. It's She does entertainment and family performances for kids. Um, so during virtual learning time, certainly this is something that you are going to want to do. Um, so I'm going to bring her on. And uh, also, if you're interested in prop box, prop box players, you just let me know. So here she comes. I'm going to bring on Michelle. Oh, Michelle. Where are you? Hey, hey, Michelle, how are you? 
Your audio's out. I'm in now. It should be in now, right? Oh, there you go. Your audio's all good. Hey, Michelle, how you doing? I just want to let everyone know that I talked about the prop box players, but why don't you talk a little bit about your tag, the Divorce Diaries show, um, and I'm going to share information about your virtual show. How's that? Dude, that's awesome. And, and like, thank you so much for bringing me on. And I wish that my hair looked as good as it did. I did my hair last night and it became, my daughter says to me, oh, mommy, your hair looks orange. So you know the truth when your child calls you out. But um, Divorce Diaries is a comedic, comedic, <laughs> comedic. It's a comedy show based on my post-divorce journey. It's got a little bit of my divorce journey in there too. But it is my journey as a single mom teaching kids with special needs and dating men with special needs. <laughs> and as you can see, I'm making pancakes for my daughter while we do this because it's her birthday and the queen has spoken. Wow. You know, happy birthday to your daughter. I'm sure you're a great mom, especially if you're making your pancakes for dinner. I mean, what kid doesn't like, hey, what kid doesn't like pancakes for dinner, right? Well, I know that you're making dinner. So, Michelle, are you ready for our episode of What Would the Uber Driver Do? So excited and I'm super ready. All right. So here we go, Michelle. I'm going to ask you three questions. You just have to answer as if you're the Uber driver. It's that simple, okay? okay? Question number one, you're picking up someone who called for an Uber pool for two passengers. That means that I'm picking up two passengers in a pool ride, which means I'll also have to pick up other people if they call. I go to pick up these passengers and outside there are three people, two women and an eight-year-old boy. So when they get into the car, and I say, excuse me, this is an Uber pool. You only said that there's supposed to be two people. I see three. She responds to me, oh, don't worry. He's not a person. All right, Michelle, after hearing that from your customer, what do you do? I charge her. Is there a way to charge her for the third person and say, okay, whatever you say and just charge her without her knowing? <laughs> Well, there would be a way of charging for an, I will give you half credit for that one, Michelle. There is a way to be able to charge them for the extra passenger. Just unfortunately, you could not boost it up to three. You can only go from one to two. So the only way that she could actually fit three legally was to call a normal Uber ride, not a pool ride. So therefore, what did I do? I said that if the child isn't a person, can we put him in the trunk like a piece of luggage that you're treating him as? And I decided that I was going to leave, cancel the ride and just disappeared. Good. It really annoyed me that she didn't consider her own child a real person. I mean, I can't believe that she said that, the balls. Yes. I know, right in front of the kid too. You like my father told us, told lied about my age once to get into a movie theater. He's like, they're 11 we were 15. So that's okay, but he acknowledged yeah. the fact that I was a human. Yes, at least you're a human. All right, question number two. Are you ready? Yes. It's Friday afternoon, rush hour, 4.30 in the afternoon. You get an Uber ride, you answer the Uber ride, and you find out that you're going to JFK Airport. What do you do? Babe. You are absolutely right, you get a full credit, 
you cancel that ride and you say, are you crazy? I want to let you know New Jersey drivers cannot pick up rides in New York. They cannot do anything until they get back to New Jersey. Rush hour to JFK is not worth it. If you're doing that from New Jersey, I suggest that you book a ride with a limo in advance. Okay, yeah, Ooh, okay, that's good to know. All right, third question. You ready for your final question? I am ready. All right, if you get this question correct, I will tell you that you have a $10 donation coming to Procbox players from me to you. Just have to get this answer right. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. It's a Saturday night at one o'clock in the morning. You get a ride to pick up people outside of a park. You find four, I'm gonna say between 18 and 21 year old reckless drunk boys all not wearing their shirts. You look out, you confirm their name. They're like, all right, I gotta go. Come on, let's go. What do you do with those four drunk millennial people? I leave. Uh, I'm sorry, but I'm going to let you know that I'm still going to give you a donation to the prop box players just because you can't get it right. What I did in this situation is I turned around. I said, do you want to ride? You put your shirts on, you get in the back seat and you behave. If you don't behave, I'm going to tell your parents you're drunk. Do you understand that? And they put on their shirts. They got into the car. I got into dad boat and I treated them like they were my own children. And I want to let you know that they were model behavior while they're in the car. And honestly, I really felt it was my responsibility to get these kids home because more people yeah. than these kids on the street, the worse that it is. Honestly, you did the right thing. So I, I you're a better Uber driver than me. I, I would have been, I, I would make no money being an Uber driver because I would keep leaving people. <laughs> All right. So Michelle, are you ready for my one special survey question? Yes. All right. So everyone listening, I want you to try to answer this question as well. This is my special survey question that I asked two passengers right before the quarantine hit. So this was like the first two weeks of March. Most of these people were millennials. I said, you're going in a bar. There are two people that are interested in you. For you, there will be two men that are interested in you, Michelle. One has the coronavirus, the other has herpes. Who do you choose to go home with? because if it's there's no outbreak <laughs> you know I, what? I, i'm just saying like well here's why i say that because like i, I it, 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 yeah okay and we don't even know if it's simplex one on the lips or if we're, you know i mean i'm gonna use let's assume it's two <laughs> i have bad ocd I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with the answer most people are not gonna say i'm gonna say the herpes you're going to go with the herpes. Well, I don't know what everyone else is going to answer. The millennials did say the coronavirus because they thought that they were impenetrable and like herpes lasts forever. Or coronavirus, you just die. You just or die. I mean, cure. that's my point. Like right? I will answer. Right, exactly. Right. You don't want to die. You'll live with herpes. You have a little girl. Exactly. So, Michelle, I, thank you for being on the show. Um, for everyone else, Big round of applause, Michelle. Divorce Diaries edition, Saturday night, Proxbox players. Michelle, thank you very much for being on my premiere edition. I will speak to you very soon. Thank you so much, Rob. You're awesome. Thank you. Bye, babe. Bye. All right, guys. I want to thank everyone for being a part of my show, coming and viewing me. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you. A big round of applause to uh, 
Harding for coming on the board. Michelle, thank you very much. Um, the one thing I want to leave everyone, one last note is this. Guys, look, it's the corona time and we all know it, but listen, it's not just a wonderful life. It's an uber, uberful life. Everyone all be well, stay safe, and uh, I'll see you next week for another great show. Peace out.